Good morning and welcome to this special community profile on this Tuesday, the 14th day of uh, April 2020. Milton Baker along with you and back with you on this Tuesday, our uh, guest, uh, the uh, city manager and fire chief in Cherryville and member of the Gaston County Emergency management team uh, jeff cash and uh, from the city of Cherville also dr thomas white guys thank you for coming coming back with us again this week thank you Mel. great to have you with us uh uh we've been taking folks calls uh last week and we had a lot of good calls and uh you can call in live if you'd like to on the show today call in it's uh, 704-435-2844 704-435-2844 or any of our other local numbers will do. Uh, you can call in live or you can text a question to 704-473-2794. That text number again, 704-473-2794. And on your text, you don't have to leave your name. You can if you'd like. On your calls, you don't have to say who you are. You can if you like. All right. Uh, Jeff Cash, would you kind of update us on what has happened in the last week regarding uh, county and city measures uh, to uh, combat the coronavirus? I'd be glad to, Milton. First, we'll start with the updated statistics. North Carolina has confirmed just under 5,000 cases now. It's at 4,800. We've experienced 86 deaths in North Carolina. These numbers were effective last up through last night about 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., there's been uh, almost 600,000 cases with 2,300-plus deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are 43,000 recoveries, though, and that's a good number moving in the right direction. Uh, there are approximately 2 million global cases across the world, and there's been approximately 120,000 deaths with half a million people recovered. The hot spots in the United States still continue to be New York, New Jersey, Louisiana, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Uh, The latest uh, governor's order is more directed at some of the retail stores, as you've probably read in the paper and heard on the news, that now the six foot's been pretty hard partially enforced uh, in some of the stores and you might have noticed plexiglass between the teller and the customer and a number of people per square feet in the building so really getting even though the stores are open for people to get food and groceries they still got to maintain those social distances this week there's some other news coming out uh governor cooper uh, is going to have a press conference later in the week looking out in the future and what it looks like the next couple weeks there's going to be a town hall uh, meeting with Congressman McHenry on Wednesday at 3, and then Gaston County uh, Chairman Philbeck and some special guests are mm-hmm. going to have one Thursday. And we'll have that information on the exact times and locations and mm-hmm. websites to get those uh, opportunities with Congressman McHenry and uh, Chairman Philbeck with the county, and they'll mm-hmm. be on the city's website. But that's just kind of an overview of where we are today, Milton. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. And we'll come back to you with some questions about uh, county questions, city questions. Dr. White, good to have you back with us. Uh, what uh, has developed new in the um, along the medical lines since last Tuesday when we were on the air? Well, good morning, and uh, it is good to be back, although uh, I wish we weren't here. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could say... Uh, uh, that this is over, and um, but we can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I would start off today by sharing uh, a little bit about the COVID-19 a slightly different way. Uh, you can't turn on any uh, media without getting uh, inundated with information about where we are. So I thought I would present it maybe in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's... Um, Um, There was a book that was written uh, in 5 B.C., and it was called The Art of War. Mm. The Art of War. So are we at war? In in a sense, we are. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still at war with this virus in the same way that we are at war with cancer, heart disease, diabetes. And and, uh, I think we need to make sure we don't forget that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, we're not in a military war. 
So not everything that applies in a military war applies to this war, but it is a war. And in that book that was written in 5 BC, quite a long time ago, uh, one of the famous quotes in that book uh, was, uh, if you know your enemy and yourself, you will win all battles. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing a lot of thinking about that this Mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. If we know our enemy, we know ourselves. So what do we know about our enemy, about this coronavirus? We we know it's highly contagious. Mm -hmm. We know that it spreads um, uh, significantly through the population. And we know how it actually infects, gets inside human cells to... um, Uh, to infect us. Uh, We know that it affects males more than females. More men have died than females. We know, at least in the United States, more elderly die than young people. Mm -hmm. We know that people who have heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and are obese are more likely to die. Uh, And so we, 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 we know a lot about this enemy. There are things we still don't know. We don't know for sure, can you, if you get infected, do you have immunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know how long that immunity would last. We still don't know what are the proven effective treatments, mm-hmm. and we still do not know what vaccines might work to prevent it. Mm-hmm. And a, also a real practical point, we still don't know about this enemy. How seasonal is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it does look like most of other coronaviruses are seasonal. They tend to peak in January and February, go away in more months. We still don't completely know, will this coronavirus follow that same pattern? And then what about knowing ourselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, where do we stand with that? Um, I've been amazed at how um, patient, uh, knowledgeable, uh, action-oriented folks have been. Uh, I think Americans uh, have always prided themselves that when there is a crisis, whether it be a world war, whether it be um, uh, polio, uh, whatever the crisis, folks band together, they work together, they try to solve it. I think we know that about ourselves. We know that we have a highly motivated um, capitalistic system. Folks are looking for drugs, vaccines, and we have a, we have a system that rewards mm-hmm. uh, companies, uh, scientists and laboratories for uh, taking those chances to come up with solutions. So we know that about ourselves. Um, what we don't know about ourselves, I think, right now is how patient are we going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely a resourceful motivated uh, country, how patient will we be and how long? Uh, Also, um, I think we're an extremely caring um, uh, uh, country. Uh, uh, There's going to be such a debate over getting the economy back, sending people back to work, at what risk. Uh, If we just sent everyone back uh, today. Uh, We know that we're going to put a lot of elderly at risk, people with medical conditions at risk, uh, uh, certain groups in our society at greater risk. For instance, African Americans are are doing much less well with this virus than uh, other ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, how how caring are we going to be? Uh, we care about the economy. We care about people's lives. Uh, um, and I, I, so I think that we, uh, we know a lot about this enemy. Uh, we know a lot about ourselves. There's still more we need to learn. Yeah. All right. Very well said there. And um, some topics that you hear uh, in discussion um, regarding um, not necessarily the medical part of it but like i said the economic part of it the uh, getting people back to work i guess jeff maybe this question for you as far as the county and uh, state um, orders go um, some folks are wanting to see uh, action a little quicker than uh, sooner than later i guess you could say and um, do you think uh 
what's the Gaston County? You mentioned uh, uh, Tracy Philbeck, County Commissioner Chair. Uh, I've seen where he's kind of advocating maybe letting the counties, the states, make these decisions without, you know, the federal government coming in. Of course, Gaston County initiated its order first. Uh, then the state came along, and then the national order came along. So uh, local governments have, have proven, you know, that, that they're, they're taking, you know, um, this very seriously. Yes, and the uh, stay-at-home order for the state was through the end of the month, and likewise with the county. But you're right, Commissioner and Chair Tracy Philbeck did send a letter to the governor asking to give that authority back to the counties mm -hmm. and let them evaluate them on a county-by-county -county basis. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the counties that are more affected might have to usher in the uh, back-to-work schedule in, a fa in phases, and some with very low cases might could go back earlier. But that's being debated now by people at the state and federal level. But there are good news, there's mm -hmm. great news about some of the federal dollars coming down. A landmark $2 trillion package is coming down uh, the pike, uh, not only for businesses and for uh, communities, municipalities, counties, the state, but also for individuals. Uh, those first checks went out last week mm -hmm. of the uh, CARES legislation and a biggie for the businesses and I want to bring and share this information with businesses in Cherville and surrounding about the small business mm -hmm. uh, section. The uh, Small Business Administration has three programs, the Paycheck Protection Program, the Small Business Debt Relief, and the Economic Injury and Disaster Loans. So those are three programs that have billions of dollars in them and all folks have to do is apply. And I have a, a phone number and a website here that I'd like to share with folks as they get time to uh, get a pen. These are very important, and it's the Small Business Administration. And you can go to their website. It's www.scba.gov backslash coronavirus. And then there's a number. The Customer Service Center would be patient. There are people having trouble getting through, but keep calling. 800 59-2955. And for those who uh, need assistance with uh, hard of hearing equipment, that number is 800-877-8339. And you can even email at disastercustomerservice at scba.gov. And they can answer your questions, tell you where to apply, where to find the applications on website. And this is kind of designed for small business, and that definition is 500 employees or less. Mm -hmm. So that makes a lot of the charitable area businesses eligible for these uh, Small Business Administration loans. It's great news mm -hmm. that the Washington's willing to assist. Dr. White? Uh, I think everyone uh, remembers the experience of going on a family vacation uh, uh, car filled with uh, parents, children, or maybe just a crowd of friends going on a vacation or on a trip and everyone in the car has a different uh, idea of where to stop next which road to take what direction to go uh, do you turn left to go to Myrtle Beach or do you turn right this feels a little bit like that while we're trying to make these decisions about going back to work opening up businesses staying at home uh, using a particular drug what path do we take it feels like there's multiple people in a big, big car. Everyone's got their opinion. And then whose voices are we going to listen to? Uh, uh, we're going to listen to uh, federal government. We're going to listen to local government, state government, the scientist in the car, the physician in the car, the public health official in the car. There are a lot of voices. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what makes, I think, this quite a challenge right now. Um, I, I would hope that we, uh, and, and I'm obviously I'm biased, I hope we will lean heavily on the uh, scientist uh, in the car giving directions uh, for now. Mm -hmm. uh, and that can't be the full consideration, uh, but I would hope that we lean that way. Mm -hmm. um, topic for either one of uh, you, our guests here today, in the... Uh, in the news today, there was a headline, uh, Gaston County 
um, recovering uh, the cases of uh, recoveries uh, taking taking a, a good is a good trend the way things are going with that. But then figuratively turn the next page, North Carolina numbers continue to rise. So where do we stand? Are are, are there any light? Is there a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak? Or is it too soon for that? A lot of people are hoping and targeting the 1st of May. But I agree with Dr. White. We need to be listening to the scientists and the doctors who are researching and have the data at hand. Mm -hmm. And we are beginning to crack the curve. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's still a long road, and we don't have all the answers. And um, maybe Dr. White could add some more to that from the doc side. Mm -hmm. I I think we all have... uh, seen this image on our televisions of the uh, the curve mm-hmm. uh, and we've all heard this concept of flattening the curve uh, flattening the curve uh, so that our hospital systems are overwhelmed with uh, sick people all at once if we flatten the curve we spread that out over time and hopefully uh, as folks develop immunity the number of cases actually goes down and the number of deaths goes down Uh, What we need to remember, uh, because every day we hear the statistics on how many cases and how many deaths, it's been emphasized and I think worth pointing out again, that even when we reach the top of that curve and we start going down the other side, the number of deaths will go up for a while. Mm -hmm. So that's very discouraging. It's very depressing. uh, and, and, And it will be. And I I can't say anything to make it less depressing, except don't be fooled. Um, We may be going over the peak and down the other side. Deaths may be going up because they are the result of people who were infected on the other side of the curve. Mm -hmm. Um, So we still can be making progress even if we see deaths go up on a daily basis. They'll eventually start going down. So we need to keep that in mind. Anyone with any questions, uh, our phone number is 704-435-2844, or any of the other local numbers. You can call in, ask a question. Um, doesn't have to be a question about Gaston County, Cherryville, whatever. Your, your, your questions about the medical field uh, can be broad uh, subjects or, or um, more locally focused if you'd like. But just give us a call, and uh, if you called last week, hey, feel free to call again. I have uh, text also. You can text if it's, you're in a situation where you can't call in. You can text 704-473-2794, 704-473-2794. Got a text question. This is a long question, and I don't know who wants to answer this question, but it's a question. Dr. White, it's directed at Dr. White, Okay. What are your thoughts about the irony that Bill Gates has a pandemic conference in October of 2019 basically describing our current situation? And the first case of COVID-19 is reported in China a month later, and now he is all over the news as a medical expert promoting his vaccine possibilities, although he's intelligent Last time I checked, he never graduated college. That's a question, isn't it, now? <laughs> uh, any comments, gentlemen? <laughs> wow. Um, uh, well thought out question, by the way. Very well thought out. Um, brings up a number of issues. Uh, uh, I'll work backward, at least on the question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how far Bill Gates went through his educational process. Um, I do know he's very bright. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do know he has lots of resources. Uh, I do know that he has worked many, many years on uh, projects such as relates to malaria and HIV. Uh, I don't remember ever seeing evidence that he has personally profited uh, from either of those two conditions. Uh, We still have a tremendous number of people die in the world every year from malaria. Mm-hmm. It has not been eliminated. Uh, and I know he's been, among other uh, folks, 
very committed to trying to reduce uh, diseases around the world. Um, uh, uh, certainly, um, there have been pandemic conferences yearly and for years. Uh, uh, so this particular conference that the, the caller is alluding to, uh, I wasn't familiar with it. Um, uh, I don't know if there's any, um, and would doubt that there's any uh, improper association. Um, I'm also not aware uh, whether Bill Gates has a proprietary vaccine or not. I know that there are 78 vaccine projects going on in the world right now. Mm. Uh, about half of them are in North America. About half of them are not in North America. Uh, so there are many vaccine projects. It wouldn't surprise me if, 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 if out of those 78 projects, there are many companies that we're familiar with. There are many benefactors we're familiar with. There are many universities we're familiar with who all have some hand in those 78 projects. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that all of them should be accused of doing something nefarious mm -hmm. because they're seeking a... Uh, uh, a preventative strategy for this uh, mm -hmm. for this virus. Okay, all right. Uh, Jeff Cash, got anything you want to add on that? I don't know a whole lot about uh, his background either, but I do know he's very and his wife are very philanthropic about supporting so many causes worldwide, mm -hmm. and uh, very respectful that they take the money that they've earned and have turned that over to great causes across the world and especially here in the United States. So I'm just not sure about the concept. Okay. All right. We appreciate the uh, person who sent that text and anybody else would like to call us live on the air, 704-435-2844. That's 704-435-2844. Other numbers are 735-8071 or 482-1390. Don't be... Bashful, you don't have to tell who you are. Uh, if you would like, rather send a text. Uh, you don't like the sound of your voice on the radio. Uh, if you'd like to send a text, 704-473-2794. 704-473-2794. Dr. White? So I'd like to share something briefly and get, uh, get Jeff's comments on it. Uh, talked to a friend yesterday who talked to a neighbor who commented that they believe that uh, this virus is still a hoax, that the virus doesn't exist, and that we are being uh, fed a bunch of lies. Uh, I would hope that that's not a common belief. Uh, we have um, uh, a huge number of individuals just in this country who uh, have become sick with this virus. Uh, I think Jeff mentioned deaths in this country, 23,000 deaths to date in this, in, in this country. 23,600. 23,6. Uh, uh, I have friends uh, who are directly on the front lines uh, fighting this battle in hospitals. Uh, uh, I know a nurse in the Atlanta area who works 14, 16 hours a day, has held people when they die. Uh, while their family can't be in the intensive care unit with them at their moment of death, this is not a hoax. Hmm. Uh, there might be a lot of misinformation. There may be some scams that come out of this. There, there undoubtedly will. But the virus and the illness itself is not a hoax, and I hope we can, um, we can hear fewer and fewer people mm -hmm. um, suggest that. Jeff, what, what are your thoughts on I that? I agree. From the emergency management side, the larger cities, you know, the hospitals have only limited space for morgue areas. So FEMA's having to come in and set up, a, you know, on-site morgues. Mm -hmm. So with this virus, death is real. And uh, when it's to the volume that they have to bring in these specialized equipment and uh, trailers just mm -hmm. to store the bodies of those who have died from the virus, it's pretty scary that... Uh, Mm -hmm. Somebody would think that it's a hoax because it's real, it's here. People are dying every day from it. Okay. Let's go uh, to telephone. I think we got a caller still there. Good morning. You're on the uh, air. Good morning. 
Hey, Ms. I have a question uh, regarding to the virus and, and uh, well, and also pertaining, it's mostly pertaining to the checks. You know, they're talking about they're going to be sending everybody the check. Well, uh, one time I hear that they're going to send it straight to your bank. Then the next time I hear, you got to put in for it. Well, I'm a senior, so do I got to worry? Question. Okay. Everybody that files an income tax return is going to get the uh, stimulus money. It depends on your income, uh, and you're going to get it directly drafted to your bank account. If you do not file an, in -tax, an income tax return as a senior or other, then you probably need to go on the website and find out exactly how you apply. Uh, for it, if you do not, if you did not file a tax return the past few years, and the best advice is to get on the website of the uh, Small Business Administration or the uh, federal website about how to apply for the stimulus funds. Because I don't use the website and all I connect, so I was just well. They say, well, you don't. Uh, uh, I had a tax person that say, no worries, it's going to your bank, no worries. And I saw it on the TV. It says, okay, you've got to go put in for it. And then uh, the day I heard somebody that was on the radio that was one of the uh, persons, you know, say from government, and they were saying that, yeah, that all seniors will get their, you know, checks, the direct deposit. So it's like a nippy type thing, uh, you know, and so I don't know what to do. I would uh, try to be patient if possible, wait a couple more weeks, and if you haven't seen anything deposited to your account, just give me a call at City Hall, and that's 435-1700, uh, and I will try to follow up for you and see what we can find out. But I'd be patient a couple more weeks. There's uh, 80 million checks. Uh, mm. That transaction has to take place, so it's going to take them a while, but I do know for a fact that they started appearing in bank accounts last week but be patient give it a couple weeks and if not then give me a call i'm jeff cash i'm the city manager at 435 1700 and they'll track me down and i'll see what i can do to help figure it out for you okay. well i appreciate it and i'm not in no hurry but i'm i was just curious you know because here one thing and there's you know here another thing so I figured if anybody would know, you would know, and I appreciate your time, and you keep up the good work, you and, and everybody, and, and I thank you very much, and have a nice day. Thank you. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate the call, and uh, anybody else would like to give us a call, 704-48, uh, let's do 704-435-2844. Got a call coming in. Let's see. Are you calling to ask a question? Yes, I am. Hey, Milton. This is Steve Evans. Hey, Steve. <clears throat> Yes, the question I have is, <clears throat> what do they think, personally, what it's going to look like when things are going to open up? And what I mean by that, let's just use, for instance, especially the restaurants and, of course, airline. I mean, how in the world are we going to be able to sit? It's got to be some guidelines, of course, uh, how close we're going to be able to sit and stuff like that. Just give me an idea of what they think. Of course, we know, I know we don't know for sure, but what their opinion is, how this might look when, this, when it gets started back up. Milton, y'all have a great day. All right. Thanks, Steve. There is one thing I read that uh, Delta Airlines has already started, even though there's limited passengers on their flights, they have already started uh, jumping rows, skipping rows, and nobody's sitting in the middle seats as a start as people start returning back to flying across the country and across the world. But I think that uh, once the country and the scientists say and the uh, doctors say that it's safe for us to either stage the uh, economy back in or if we do it at uh, one pick a day to do it, uh, as I think it'll, you'll have trouble getting a table at a restaurant. You've got to wait a while. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's been so, uh, you know, at home with uh, cabin fever that I think, the personally, uh, I think the economy, once the gates are open, it's going to be a flood, and I think it'll quickly turn the economy, not to solve the problem, but head it back in the right direction. Some economists has described that as a V pattern. Mm -hmm. You know, where's the low point? And then they think it'll quickly climb, just like it quickly descended. And that's mm -hmm. kind of my opinion, listening to some of the economists. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think that we, we will see uh, continued uh, personal distancing 
So even if restaurants are opened again, airlines, hotels, uh, what have you, I think we'll see continued personal distancing, uh, folks uh, keeping their distance, their tables in a restaurant will be moved further from each other. Uh, I think we'll see that. Uh, I also think we'll see a likely, and I'm not, I'm not an ex. If I were an expert, I'd, I'd, I'd probably be on a network television show this morning, not uh, in Cherryville. So I'm not a viral expert, but if I had to predict, uh, in addition to that, it would be that 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 states and areas of states will return a little more to normal sooner than other areas. I think part of it's going to be based on the penetration of this virus into certain communities, certain states. Um, uh, I think that will be a factor. I also think it will be a factor of individuals who are at lower risk of getting ill will return to uh, normal activities or close to normal activities before individuals who are at very high risk not just of getting sick, but getting very sick, being hospitalized and dying. So I can envision young, healthy folks perhaps returning to more normal activities before our elderly and our vulnerable uh, uh, folks in society. Now, I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, it, it, it might be hastened if we get to antibody testing sooner so we can begin to identify who is immune, uh, who's not going to get infected again, uh, and then we could loosen up those individuals uh, to return to some, some sense of normalcy. So that would help, uh, but to do those antibody tests, it's gonna take a lot of antibody tests. I think there'll be some guesswork. I think it'll be based on age, health, uh, those kind of demographics, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to do antibody testing on enough people soon enough to use that as our only metric of how to open up the economy again. Okay. Gentlemen, quite a few texts today. That's good. Um, this question says for Dr. White, when will North Carolina have access? Well, I think this is what we've just been talking about, maybe. Uh, when will North Carolina have access to the uh, COVID-19 testing? Question mark. Why is taking so long? Question mark. Wouldn't you want to know if someone is positive before they came into your practice? Question mark. Great question. Uh, absolutely. And I think we're all very, very anxious for more testing. Now, testing is available. Uh, the problem right now is the turnaround time. Mm -hmm. And the turnaround time varies from uh, laboratory to laboratory. Uh, and for instance, um, some of the big reference laboratories, uh, the turnaround time now is 10 to 12 days. Now that's not because uh, they're not working around the clock. It's not because they're not working hard. It's because they have been uh, inundated with specimens. So as hard as they're working to get a result back in 10 to 12 days, is, uh, I'm, it, it's, it's frustrating um, and almost makes you wonder, well, what's the purpose of doing the test mm -hmm. if you're not going to know an answer in 10 to 12 days? Other laboratories, um, I'll a couple of examples are laboratories that are being utilized by some of our local hospital systems can give an answer in uh, 24 to 72 hours, much quicker. It's important, though, that we don't overload those systems with those of us who are just curious. Uh, gosh, I'd like to know if I'm carrying that mm -hmm. virus. If we overload those systems uh, with folks who are not sick or mildly sick, then their turnaround time will become 10 to 12 days. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, I wish that we had testing for everyone. Uh, I think you have to assume without testing that everyone is potentially contagious. Take proper precautions. If I have a patient come into my office, as I did this morning, they wore a mask. 
if they were infected, they had no symptoms, but if they were, that would at least reduce some of their contagiousness to mm -hmm. me and to my staff. My staff and I take proper precautions, uh, and that's about the best we can do. We, we can't test everyone before they enter a doctor's office uh, or leave their house. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have enough tests, and the turnaround is not fast enough. Okay. Um, one quick uh, question I have. Uh, you, uh, you, you mentioned there someone would say, gosh, I just wonder if I have it. A uh, couple of times different individuals have said to me in the past week, uh, I was sick in December. I'm sure I had it. Or I was sick in February, and I really think I had it. Is there any way, they, then they've wanted to know, is there any test they can do now to determine that far back? Did they have the COVID-19 virus? Yes, yeah, so it's, it's an excellent question. So I can't tell you how many people have said to me, I was sick back in December, I was sick in January. Uh, I know I had mm -hmm. COVID-19 then. Uh, they may have gone to their doctor and had an influenza test and it was negative. And so that makes them even more confident that they had this. They may be true. It may be true. Some of those individuals may have had COVID-19 before we recognized it being more prevalent in our country. Uh, there is one FDA-approved antibody blood test. There are many out there. Uh, some uh, I would be skeptical of, but there's one that's FDA-approved, and it will tell you, yes or no, you have antibodies against the coronavirus. There's two antibodies that folks uh, need to be familiar with. One is an, what's called an IgG antibody that tells you that you had the infection previously, mm -hmm. may have been weeks or months ago. Mm -hmm. And then there is an IgM antibody that says you have an infection in the very recent past, like in the past week or two. Mm -hmm. So when this uh, antibody test is done, you get two answers, whether you have any IgG antibody, uh, which might infer that you have immunity, you've already had the infection, so you wouldn't get it again, and then the IgM antibody, which says not only have you had the infection, but it was pretty recent. Mm -hmm. uh, the test that's on the market from the FDA looks pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not been studied in millions of people, mm -hmm. uh, the data that we have on it is probably from 150 patients, mm. which is not a lot. Right. Um, we wouldn't, uh, you know, we want our cars to be driven. If you buy a new car that just came out, uh, you'd like for more than 150 test drives to make sure it's safe and, and all the kinks have been worked out. But of 150 patients, they found that the, this antibody test was very sensitive if you have been infected with coronavirus, it picked it up about 98% of the time. And it also has looks like it's very specific, which means that if it says positive, it probably is the coronavirus that's showing up. Uh, uh, but there'll be some people that test positive, even with this one, that never had the coronavirus. They had some other virus but it makes the test look positive. Mm. So that person may get a positive test and think, well, I've already had it. I can go out and do what I want to do. That happens about 5% of the time. So we have to be careful if mm -hmm. we start using antibody tests to say who can go back to work and who shouldn't. There is going to be a, uh, an error rate uh, in all these tests. Mm -hmm. So we only have one now. We sort of know what it does. Uh, I, if I were, if I were sick in December and January, and I wanted to know, was it COVID nineteen or not? Uh, I think right now uh, I would wait until this antibody test uh, was more readily available and more proven ones on the market. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we ought to be using those. I think right now for those frontline workers. Uh, firefighters, police, hospital workers, uh, to see can we start identifying which of those perhaps are protected so we can 
get them back to work or keep them at work. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we ought to be using limited resources for everyone right now. Okay. And I yeah. can echo that. Uh, I had the opportunity to be on a conference call with a firefighter from Virginia who battled, the, went through the process, and you know, this time of the season, flu, we just come through the flu season, it's still lingering, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and I'm prone to allergies this time of year. Mm-hmm. So automatically, I think I got the virus. Yeah. But this firefighter said, and this was his own words, and I quote, he said it was the flu on steroids, the mm-hmm. flu times 100, mm-hmm. uh, that he had a very tough time. Yeah, I was, I was just getting ready to ask, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, if the COVID-19 coronavirus, if it's a 10, the flu that we think of, where would it be? Where would past things like, uh, what have we had? We've had the Ebola, we've had the uh, swine flu. Where would they be on a scale of one to 10 compared to what we're going through now? Well, I think, and I'll let Dr. White allude to it, but I think it depends on the individual, of course. Mm-hmm. If they have pre-existing conditions, their age, you know, obesity, diabetes like I have. So I think those are factors that's got to be calculated in. Mm-hmm. But uh, after hearing this firefighter, I knew that I did not want yeah, to get the yeah. virus. So it's a really, it's a good question. Uh, so let's assume that this COVID-19 on a scale of 1 to 10 is, is you know, it's the worst flu that you've ever had. Uh, uh, let's say it's a 9 or a 10 uh, maybe compared to traditional seasonal influenza, which might be a seven or an eight. Uh, so uh, it is being described as a much more intense um, uh, virus. The, uh, the fatigue is more profound. The shortness of breath is more pronounced. Uh, the difference between these viruses uh, and this coronavirus is a coronavirus, it's not an influenza virus, but they, mm-hmm. they have very similar sets of symptoms. So you compare that to Ebola, one of the differences is if you get Ebola, uh, you die rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of time for suffering, there's not a lot of time for being able to describe how bad you feel. Ebola was a virus that when you contract it, you die really, really quickly. Uh, in a horrible, horrible kind of way. Mm. And that virus, uh, once the person has died, the virus is, 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 is gone. So that person with Ebola didn't have a chance to spread it to 30 other people. Mm-hmm. You identify someone with Ebola, you put them in a hospital room, you isolate them, you've kind of taken care of the Ebola. The problem with this uh, coronavirus is that the person may get infected, they may not know it, they may have minimal symptoms. Over a 10-day period, they get sicker, and during that 10-day period, they've infected a lot of other people. And that's a big difference from Ebola, Mm -hmm. which was, it hits hard, fast, and over. This has the potential for infecting a whole lot more people. Okay. Text question, text question from one of our listeners. If uh, either of you were governor, looking at the... uh, data what would your plan for us to get back to work give us your uh, estimated date i think we may have already talked about some of this next would you need would you send students back to crowded buses and halls before the fall i can answer that I don't want to be governor, and I will never be governor, but I think Jeff Cash would make a great governor, and I would defer to him because I think he would make exactly the right decisions. Uh, In my personal opinion, I hope it's more, it's quicker than later, but we got to listen to the scientists and the doctors, Mm -hmm. and uh, if I was governor, I would make sure that it was safe first for the rest of the population. Now, the school system. These kids are all in the same classroom, close proximity. I think it's going to be difficult. And I know students and parents, teachers and administration has lost a lot of time already this year. But uh, it's so important that they still continue to to act on all of the uh, recommendations from the governments and from the docs and the scientists. So uh, that magical date, I do not know it. Definitely, if I was governor, though, I would give more money to uh, emergency management operations. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, let's see our next question. Uh, this is an interesting question. I was tested for COVID-19 yesterday. I started having flu-like symptoms, chills, fever, headache, Saturday evening. I had lunch with my father Saturday around noon. I informed him that I was tested. I didn't sneeze or cough, but he did handle some things that I touched. I'm very concerned about him as he is 72 years old and had heart surgery about two years ago. My mother has cleaned using Lysol everywhere I was. Uh, could I have passed it just by touching something without sneezing or coughing, presuming I'm positive? Uh, uh, first of all, I wish you and your father and your whole family well. Uh, so the, the, the short answer is yes. Uh, if you have the coronavirus, you certainly uh, are likely highly contagious and the transmission from one human to another uh, uh, can certainly happen. It can happen and we don't know all the ways it happens now. We assume it happens from mainly from coughing and sneezing and what's called sharing of these uh, uh, droplets, which maybe can travel six feet, maybe eight feet. But we know it can travel other ways in what's called aerosols. So even someone on one side of the room might transmit it to someone 20 feet on the other side of the room with... Uh, aerosol, just talking, just talking loudly. There's already been some research, believe it or not, that, that talking loudly is more likely to spray the aerosol and share the virus than talking softly. So maybe that'll be a nice lesson we all mm -hmm. learn, is to not only be kinder to each other, but talk softly. Uh, so surfaces, we, we know that this virus can be transmitted from surfaces uh, a countertop, a tabletop. So the answer is, uh, first, uh, I hope you test negative and I hope it's an accurate test. Second, uh, uh, you should, if you have symptoms significant enough to be tested, you should consider yourself likely infected till proven otherwise, which means you need to uh, isolate yourself, quarantine yourself more than you did before you developed the symptoms. Uh, your father should be watched carefully. You've done all you can do now. You've, you've had the contact and now you're not. You've cleaned the surfaces. You're separating uh, 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 and your father and then his wife need to be watched closely. Their blood pressure, their temperature, how they feel. Um, um, because uh, as you said, if he has a history of heart problems, he may be uh, at increased risk. And if he does get the infection, uh, he could go from good to bad in a much bigger hurry than maybe the average person. Uh, so it sounds like you've done the right things, you've had the right concerns, uh, and uh, uh, I, I certainly hope nothing more comes of it than that. Okay. Let's see, I've got another text question coming in here. Um, my little old uh, dinosaur phone here. Uh, it's hard to, uh, hard to read these sometimes. Um, here we go. Could you give a list of reputable websites to get accurate information? That's the first part. Second part, if you get the virus and have minor breathing problems, and it is getting, uh, didn't, it didn't finish, the text didn't finish. Uh, I think they were going to say it's getting better, but I'm not sure what they were, what they were meaning. If whoever sent that question might want to resend it to me. I don't think I got it all in its entirety. So I would be glad to uh, help with a list of websites. Uh, my first thought is uh, I can go on my uh Practices Facebook page, which is uh, Hometown Direct Care uh, on Facebook, and I will, uh, in the course of today, 
list uh, a number of reputable websites that will give you information on the, the statistics on the virus, the signs and symptoms, updates on treatment. Much of that it will be from CDC and World Health Organization, uh, but there are others. So I'll be glad to list that. If you look up our website on Facebook, I'll have that posted. The other is uh, our city manager shared that uh, if you call City Hall, uh, get a message to him about some of the uh, disaster relief funding, and, and I'll, he'll get an answer. You can also call and leave me a message at 704-435-1100. That's 435-1100. Uh, leave your name, contact information, uh, and I can answer more specific questions there and get uh, help you get to uh, information and websites that you need. Yeah. Dr. White mentioned some of the main ones. Also, the governor's website is awesome information, as well as the North Carolina Health and Human Services uh, website. Great information at the local level that includes a lot about Gaston County. Okay. Uh, one, uh, one thing someone mentioned to me, uh, earlier is uh, they said I would like to know where deaths from the flu and deaths from corona stand compared to each other at this point uh, is is there is it anywhere close yeah, yeah I, I will uh, I'll take a stab at it I may be a little bit off uh, but I'll attempt and if there's a listener out there or Jeff has better data. Uh, I'll stand corrected, uh, but just taking a couple steps back and looking, you know, we we have about seven hundred thousand deaths every year in this country from cardiovascular disease, heart disease. We have um, about a hundred and fifty thousand deaths in this country every year that's attributable to the seasonal flu. Mm. Now those sometimes get overlooked because they're occurring um, in hospitals and nursing homes. They're labeled as pneumonia, mm -hmm. uh, but influenza is responsible for approximately, and again, I can be certainly be corrected, about 150,000. So if right now we're at 23,000, we think that death rate, unless things change, it, it may double every seven days. Mm. Now, it will taper off, but we may go through another doubling of that. Mm -hmm. We may go through a doubling and then another doubling. We still will fall under the uh, number of folks who die from seasonal flu. Now, we didn't know that, and we still don't know. There were projections of much greater death rates from this in the beginning. But if we, if we are lucky and fortunate... Um, we may come out with less than 100,000 deaths, and that would be less than the seasonal flu. But if we did nothing, it would be much more terrible. It was early estimated. We have 2 million cases in the, in the world, on the planet. It was estimated early that that could be 10 million mm -hmm. if we not taken action. Yeah. And so some folks, you know, they still say, I, I just wonder if we if we did nothing well jeff you're in your firefighting experience the fire's not going to go out by itself if you do nothing it'll eventually burn out uh but but the flu uh the coronavirus excuse me is uh, is something definitely you've got to take some sort of action and one thing too that we haven't talked a lot about you're seeing more and more folks wear masks or bandanas or whatever mm -hmm. and uh, i think that's important as i went to a local grocery store Saturday, I was amazed at the number of people that were wearing some type of uh, mm -hmm. mouth and nose protection. Yeah. All right, guys, we've got about three minutes. Uh, any, uh, any other subjects, uh, topics regarding you want to, you want to touch on? Just remind folks to continue the quarantine, uh, and, uh, wash them hands and, uh, take as many precautions. And if you're in one of those, uh, groups that's more subject to this virus with existing conditions, be triply, uh, doubly cautious about uh, your activities. 
Okay. Uh, Dr. White? Uh, I know that these are uh, frustrating times, depressing times. We're seeking good news. We'd like to wake up every day and get some good news. Uh, what I would like for listeners to maybe take away as a positive is that when you look back over history and particularly with medical issues, a lot of the discoveries were just by chance. It was that a drug that we were using for this purpose, we found that it was helpful uh, uh, for something else. Uh, a vaccine that maybe we've known for many, many years, uh, we may stumble upon a vaccine uh, that actually happens to be protective against the coronavirus. Uh, I, I don't want to go on record as predicting this, but I would not be surprised that we discover something just out of the blue that we never imagined that will be a positive breakthrough and we will wake up to it one day. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not inclined to think this is going to take two years to solve this. I'm inclined to think that we will, because people are really smart and they're working hard and sometimes good fortune and luck uh, does come into play, uh, we'll wake up to some good news. I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. Milton, I would like to say, and I don't think I had the opportunity last week, but, and I think the doc may have mentioned it, but our hospital workers, our docs, our lab technicians, our respiratory th therapists, the nurses, the people that clean the hospital, first responders, we really need to support those folks. Mm -hmm. They're doing a fantastic job. Working under tremendously adverse and uh, very scary very scary conditions, exactly right. Say thank you to those folks. Remember the folks who, who are working uh, in some of the uh, uh, businesses that are considered essential businesses. Say thank you to them every once in a while, too. They're, they're putting themselves out there as well. And uh, Yes, I, I do uh, uh, pray every day for a cure, uh, something, to, something to break uh, in, the, in the good sense. Uh, and we'll get uh, we'll get through this much quicker hopefully all right you gentlemen we'll be back next week all right same time 10 30 to 11 30 folks you're welcome to uh, uh call in with your questions if you uh, uh didn't get through today we're just about out of time i did get a text let's see uh if we have time if you have breathing problems and they get worse when should you get medical help? Uh, very relevant question. Uh, first, uh, if possible, call your doctor. Uh, uh, if you're unable to reach your doctor, call your local emergency room, get their advice. Uh, uh, that is one of the major warning symptoms for this virus that, that uh, can indicate that the um, that you're at risk. Mm -hmm. So, make a phone call, get advice, uh, seek the guidance of someone. Uh, perhaps consider uh, getting to a near uh, urgent care center or emergency room where you will be taken care of. Uh, don't take any chances, uh, and it may not even be the uh, the coronavirus. It could be a blood clot in your lung. It could be a heart attack. It could be something mm -hmm. else. Those things don't go away just because we're in the midst of COVID-19. So trust your instincts. Patients, I've always had the philosophy, patients know when something is bad wrong with them. Trust your instincts. Seek help. Mm -hmm. good, good point. Absolutely. All right. We'll see you, gentlemen, next week uh, again at 1030 on the uh, community profile here. And invite uh, you folks to listen in, call in or text next week with any questions you may have.
Cloudy skies will build in as we head into the afternoon. It'll be cooler and pleasant for us for a majority of the day with highs in the mid-50s and lower 60s. We're tracking shadows.